You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Welcome back to the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is, of course, Garrett Ashley Mullet on the podcast where we talk about everything. Today is August 24th, 2021. It is a Tuesday morning. Trash needs to be taken out, literally, and also perhaps figuratively. Today we're going to talk about the past 100 episodes of this podcast. I'm going to run through some of the most popular podcast episodes, because how would you know which of my episodes is the most popular and which gets the most listens otherwise? And I want to talk about what I've learned, what I am learning, what I still want to learn better in the next hundred podcast episodes. I'm doing this one a little bit differently than I have any of my other episodes because I'm actually taking video and I want to watch for a few things similar to how I transitioned from writing and blogging to podcasting and I wanted to learn better how it is that I'm communicating what it is that I'm communicating so that I can be more intentional about it with the spoken word relative the written word I also want to get more intentional about what I'm communicating with my face, with my body language. What are my facial expressions communicating as I'm saying things out loud? So what I'm doing towards that end is I'm actually recording this in video and I'm going to watch back through it when I'm done because I want to see what it is that other people see when they look at me. Oh, for the gift of Aegeus, to see ourselves as others see us. My grandpa Mullet used to say that all the time when I was staying with my grandparents when I moved back to Montana in 2012. He was in his mid-80s, and his hearing was not as good as it had been when he was a young man. And if he didn't drink enough water... He would sometimes get a little bit confused. He was starting to slip. What he did remember well were the scriptures. He remembered Bible verses, and he would quote them often. He remembered Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, and he would quote that from memory. And among other non-biblical things he would quote that he had memorized, he would quote that line from the poem, Oh, for the gift of Aegeus to see ourselves as others see us. And I think often he would quote that because he got the impression that maybe he was embarrassing himself and he didn't know it except reading it in the facial expressions and responses of other people around him. And so my thought is, why not? start working on seeing myself as others see me 
with this aspect of my communication. I want to be good at communicating to others what is true, and I don't want to undermine what it is that I communicate to others by looking uncertain when I should look certain about the thing that I'm saying. Why do I look uncertain if I look uncertain? And is there a way to fix that? In studying psychology, one of the things that I have been struck by is the fact that there's a two-way street feedback loop with our facial expressions and with our emotional state. And what I mean by that is you can either feel a certain way and it shows up in your face and shows up in your body language. For most people, this is unconscious and it happens without them trying to make it happen. And of course, when this happens, sometimes people don't realize that they look angry. They're not trying to look angry. They just feel angry and it comes out on their face. They look happy. They're not trying to look happy. It just is a feeling that they have for some reason and other people see it on their face. And so they feel the feeling and then they make the face. And that's the way I've been. That's how I am so terrible at playing poker. I do not have a good poker face. I have a very honest face. And even when I succeed in biting my tongue, I have never been particularly good at hiding the way I really truly feel from my face. And I'm not saying I want to get better at being deceptive, dishonest. What I'm saying is I want to get better at communicating comprehensively in every respect what it is that I mean to communicate and being self-controlled, being disciplined. I want to be disciplined in my communication. And so if I'm trying to get better at not writing things that I ought not to write and typing up misspelled words and poor grammar and overly complicated sentences because I've edited this thing a dozen times and now there's detritus left in the paragraph because there were three sentences I started and did not finish and vestigial organs remain which have no function which serve no purpose except to slow the reader down confuse them and frustrate me when I find them in the spoken word, I don't want to be saying things that I ought not to say, whether those things are tics, nervous tics, whether those things are personal insecurities, whether those things are emotions that are not fitting, they're not appropriate to the subject matter. If I get to thinking to myself, I've been talking for 45 minutes, an hour about something, and I'm probably boring my mm. listeners. And is it really worth telling them after all? Is this a waste of everybody's time? Theirs especially and mine secondarily. I might say the word anyways. And then all of a sudden I catch that, or rather my wife catches that, because I still didn't catch it when I was listening through episodes quite a while ago. I would say the first 100 episodes. Mm. I didn't realize that I was saying that so much at the end of my episodes until my wife pointed out to me, you say anyways a lot. And why do you say that? 
Why do you say anyways? Do you say anyways because you want people to forget everything that it is that you just said? So I got better at removing that word from my vocabulary. Cutting that out. It still pops up every now and then, but not as much as it used to. But communication is hard. And progress is progress. And if I keep applying myself, then perhaps I can be closer to what the scriptures tell us when we read in James, if any man does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man. I'm not a perfect man. So that's not me. And I don't expect to be perfect until Jesus comes back or calls me home. But if I can get more perfect, if I can be faithful and diligent and apply myself by God's grace, then there's a benefit in that. That is discipline. That is spiritual discipline. Like we talked about yesterday and present yourself to God. That is a spiritual act of worship when we present ourselves, present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. That pleases God. And I want to please God even as I rely on his grace, I want to rely on that grace as I press forward to try and be more like Christ. So now with video, I'm going to watch back through and try to get a handle on the facial expression equivalent of anyways. Because yesterday I was trying to practice for preaching this sermon the sermon that I read for you or preached to you or taught you yesterday in the episode, Present Yourself to God. And I videotaped myself several times, and each time I think was better than the last, but still not all that it could be, still not quite satisfactory to me, because each time I would pick up on a nervousness in me that is distracting. It's distracting to be nervous. And why am I nervous? Well, the people listening, the people seeing me aren't going to necessarily know that it has a lot to do with not feeling like I am worthy of getting up there and addressing them. I look at the pulpit and sermonizing and preaching and teaching in the church as absolutely sacred. And I can relate to the words of the Old Testament prophet. I'm a man of unclean lips. I do not trust myself to be worthy of that. And by God's grace, that is for the best to a certain extent. But only to a certain extent, because at a certain point, we start communicating things unintentionally that are not true. For instance, if we're not relying on the grace of God, and if we're not meditating on the fact that we're presenting ourselves to God day in and day out, whether behind a pulpit or behind the wheel of our vehicle while we're talking with a loved one, while we're at work talking with 
a coworker, a contractor, a vendor, a supervisor? Are we regarding the spoken word as sacred in every aspect of life? Timothy gets this letter from the Apostle Paul. And Paul is very loving towards Timothy. He regards him as a son, refers to him as my son at one point. And Paul gets this notion from God to write a letter to Timothy. And he tells him, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Well, let's key in on has no need to be ashamed. And if there's anything in our communication in our hearts, in our souls, in our minds, which gives us reason to be ashamed, we should be ruthless in exercising those things by God's grace to the best of our abilities. And at the point where we have applied ourselves to the utmost, we might have thorns in the flesh nevertheless. And what is it that God says to Paul when Paul tells us about asking God, three times to remove a thorn in the flesh. God says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Or as I was raised memorizing it, my grace is sufficient for thee. But in our day, what is God saying to us? My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough for you. My power is shown perfectly in weakness. And if I have an embarrassed look on my face, a nervous look on my face, is that evidence that I have fear of man issues, that I have fallen into a trap, like Proverbs talks about when it says, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in Yahweh will be safe or is safe. Have I fallen into a trap where I'm actually afraid of man in disobedience to what Jesus says? And he says, don't fear a man who can only kill the body and then has nothing more he can do to you. Is it good to be afraid of men in the church? That's not. I mean, if it's ever good to be afraid of men, it's not good to be afraid of men in the church who can only kill the body. Well, what is it I'm afraid of them killing? I'm afraid of them killing my reputation, them killing my trust, my what? But even there, that's not appropriate. It's not appropriate in the broader world to be afraid of men who can only kill the body and then have no more they can do to you. We're told to fear God and that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and understanding. And my brothers in Christ are not going to kill me. And I say that tongue-in-cheek because when I start thinking about this really carefully, intentionally looking at it, unpacking it, I realize just how silly it is to be nervous, 
to get up in front of Christian brothers and speak. Now, I'm in work in progress. They're a work in progress. And so I think that's part of it is we realize, we factor in, all of us do, that not only do I still have this sinful nature, wretched man that I am, at war with the Spirit and how the Spirit is leading and guiding me to be more like Christ, to honor God. But also these men do. You do. We all do. Even so, do not fear men who can only kill the body and then have nothing more they can do to you. So I should reckon with that. I should reckon with that and not be downcast and not be self-deprecating in a way that's self-absorbed. I need to be thinking about the sufficiency of God, the sufficiency of God's grace more specifically. Do I really believe these things that I say I believe? Really, truly, deep down inside, in every fiber of my being, heart, soul, strength, and mind, do I believe these things? Really, truly. So, for all of you listening, thank you for being a part of the process, the sanctification process in my life, and for joining with me in that. I think if you listen to this on a regular basis, it is, at least I hope, because you also are trying to do these things, albeit in a different way, and sometimes being a little bit removed and hearing someone else grapple with these things and think out loud a little bit and try to process can help because you're not hearing it in your own voice. Sometimes when we hear things in our own voice too much, we get stuck, we get lost, we get too wrapped up in it. And we need, first and foremost, God to speak into our lives and correct us and train us and build us up. But also we need others. That's the whole purpose of the church is that we come together for mutual edification, for the building up of the body, to honor God, to obey God, to obey Christ. That's what it's all about. Now, moving on to the meat and potatoes of what I want to talk about with you before we're out of time with episode 200 now here in episode 100. I did a bit of a recap on the first 100 episodes. And if you want to, you can go back and listen to. It might be interesting. I might go back and listen to episode 100. That was April 17th of this year, 2021. That was the last episode in a chunk of 35. And since you can't see it, I'll tell you about it. I have an Excel spreadsheet titled The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show Tracking. And this Excel spreadsheet, I pull up every time I record a new episode, every time I look back on Anchor FM to see how many listens each episode has had. I look on Anchor after I upload the audio for each episode, and I pull the total length of time that each episode is. And I plug each of those things in. I plug in what season this is episode-wise, How many episodes are we in to this season? How many episodes total? So this is now season three, episode 200. But 
season two was last year. Mm-hmm. Season one was 2018 through 2019. Is that correct? Let's double check that. Mm-hmm. Years. Yes, that's right. 2018 through 2019, just a little bit into 2019. Most of it was 2018. But most of the content now has been recorded, published, produced in the past year, less than a year. October 24th, 2020 is when I started up podcasting again. Thank you again to Scott Walston for the prompt, the encouragement. In the past 100 episodes since April, from August to April, I have been much more disciplined in my episode length than I was for the first 100. Season one, average episode length was one hour and 41 seconds. Season two, from October to December 30th of 2020, my average episode length was 53 minutes and 30 seconds. And that includes from the middle of December to the end of December, nine episodes, which averaged 33 minutes. One of those being the interview I did with my daughter, Evelyn, on unicorns, which was probably one of the most fun episodes Mm -hmm. I've done. But starting in season three, after the first of the year, 2021, the first chunk of 35, my average episode length was 36 minutes and 18 seconds. Then 41 minutes and four seconds for the next chunk of 35. Then 40 minutes and 55 seconds. And now for this last or current chunk of 35 that I'm working on now, which I'm almost through, my average episode length is 38 minutes and 38 seconds. And that's even including two episodes that were over an hour. One that was nearly an hour. No, two two episodes that were nearly an hour. They were over 50 minutes long. I think that's not bad as my effort is to be more disciplined with my time, with your time as you're listening. I have gotten progressively better, if only incrementally, As I go, I'm still getting better. I'm shaving off a minute and now two minutes. And if I can get down to 30 minutes and have this as densely packed in value for you as possible without sacrificing quality or anything that needs to be said in each episode, then I am serving you better and I'm serving God better and I am becoming more self-controlled, more more self-disciplined, right? Even just saying that word, I trip over it. But this is episode 200. And I am here to tell you, I haven't figured it all out yet, even though I'm figuring it out better than I before had figured it out. But even there, I say that, and I realize sometimes when I look back on things that I've produced in the past, I see a much more carefree, easygoing approach where I'm not as constrained. I'm not as nervous. I'm not as disjointed. Here's, lately, I don't know if this is just stress 
cumulative stress from the year as the year has gone on or as the past almost two years, 2020, and now we're most of the way through 2021, the past two years have been stressful for all of us. And I'm concerned about my own health that these things take a toll at a certain point. I'm concerned about the health of a lot of people that I know that at a certain point, these things reach critical mass and what gives do we find ourselves too stressed out about how the world is going, how our country is going now, obviously it's easy to look at a lot of people who don't seem to be all that worried about it, all that concerned about it and think we've got to overcompensate for them. But that's, I'm convinced not so good. That's not so good. It's easy but it's not so good. And what's better is rather than overcompensating for other people not caring enough, we need to care the right amount about the right things in proportion. And that's where the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom comes in. That's, I think, the value and the meaning of the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom is that we put things into proper order. The fear of the Lord puts the rest of life, reality, the universe, priorities into proper perspective. In the past 100 episodes, I'll tell you in no particular order what the most popular have been in terms of most listens. July 27th, 2021. What is going on at McLean Bible Church? That was episode 110 of season three, 175. So 25 episodes ago, talking about David Platt's church and a big hubbub regarding the selection of elders. They were to be voted on by the congregation during praise and worship as a bundle package, three elders all at the same time, and a whole bunch of controversy has come out of that. You and I don't know exactly what's going on there. I'll be very, very clear because some people have expressed concern about this that I assume things and I speculate and I don't delineate when I am being confident in my talking this way. When I'm being confident in talking this way, it gives the impression that I really, really know. I have some inside track information that I'm sharing with you all. But just to be very, very clear, it's elementary, my dear Watson. Deductive reasoning is not the same thing as assuming. Deductive reasoning is the stuff that Sherlock Holmes novels are made of. I deduce from these factors and facts. And if ever you hear me engaging in deductive reasoning about a certain thing or what I suspect is going on behind the scenes or what the rest of the story is, but you're not sure how I came to that, ask me about it. Ask me about it and you will be doing a favor to not only yourself, but the majority of other people who will never ask They'll just scratch their head. 
And I don't want people to scratch their heads, but sometimes I take a leap that I think is obvious. And I did this with writing over 100 articles at On The Rock's blog. My cousin Micah Hirschberger helped me out in identifying this trend. And it's easier to catch in writing because I read through over and over and over again everything that I write, that I publish, and I edit it over and over and over again. And it's not so when you're speaking out loud extemporaneously, which I do on this podcast. It's not as easy to catch it in the moment that, well, hey, wait a second. That's not going to be obvious to the people that are receiving this, that connection. I think the connection is obvious because I just did the figuring in my head. But this is like math and I need to show my work. Otherwise, I've lost them. They're confused now. And I don't want people to take my word for it. At least not unless I've earned that. And I have not earned that in all ways. And that's okay. But part of the way you can help me to earn that confidence or else correct myself if I forgot to carry the one. As my math teacher in college my college algebra and college trigonometry teacher used to tell me I was very creative, but also wrong. It was a very creative way to get to the wrong answer. I don't want to do that. And you can help me to not do that by asking me to clarify. But regarding David Platt's church, McLean Bible Church, I have some deductive reasoning applied there in episode 175 from July 27th. Before that, episode 103, I recorded about Fodi Bauckham's book, Fault Lines. And in Fault Lines, we have a fantastic summary of what is going on with this whole woke business in American evangelical Christianity today. What is happening? What is the backstory on that, particularly with regards to the Southern Baptist Convention? Fodi Pakum does a fantastic job of unpacking all of that. And a lot of people have been interested to read his book. And I think a lot of people have been interested to listen to my podcast talking about his book. So you can check that out if you haven't yet. That was episode 38 of season three, but episode 103 of the podcast. April 24th. Vody Bakum's Fault Lines is the title of the episode. After that, I recorded an episode which I shared to LinkedIn, which is the first and only time, if memory serves, that I've ever shared this podcast to LinkedIn, in part because I'm trying to be wise and I have to be careful because I'm connected with a lot of people in the oil and gas industry. Broadly speaking, a lot of recruiters, a lot of hiring managers, a lot of other professional instrumentation and electronics and controls, technicians, programmers, engineers. And I have to be careful for the sake of my family's provision, what I share on LinkedIn. Now, that's increasingly difficult because I am following some folks who post about politics. But the difficult thing is, especially in oil and gas, politics affects our bottom line in this industry a great deal. Geopolitics 
and here at home in the states, who is president, who is governor, what the popular sentiment is among the constituents, the voting people. All of those matter a great deal. And besides that, business aside, oil and gas industry aside, I'm very concerned about our Second Amendment rights. I'm very concerned about our First Amendment rights. Congress shall make no law concerning the establishment of religion or the prohibition thereof. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I'm very concerned about those two, not only constitutional liberties, but God-given rights that the Democrats are always trying to erode, at least when they can, but ultimately I think they would gladly eliminate those from our Constitution and our Bill of Rights if it meant them being able to get their utopian Marxist vision accomplished. But making sense of the Great Resignation, that's the episode, episode 144, which I posted to LinkedIn. And a lot of people have listened to that. Almost as many people have listened to that as have listened to the one I did on Vody Bakum's book, Fault Lines. And if you haven't listened to that episode, it is about polls showing that, I believe, if memory serves, a third of the American workforce had indicated they wanted to quit their job at the next opportunity because they had been trapped with their current employer, their current set of coworkers, supervisors, managers, etc., through COVID, through the lockdowns, if they held on to their job, they did not like what it is that came down the pike. They didn't like the way they were treated. They didn't like the way all that went. Maybe a lot of them thought, hey, if I'm going to die with all this COVID business, I don't want to die doing this. I'm not happy with my current job. I don't like doing this. It's not fulfilling. It doesn't make use of my talents, my gifts, my proclivities. It is not something I'm passionate about. I want to do something else. So I talk about that. And the prompt for me was an email from the LinkedIn news editor who wanted people to be posting about this. They're trying to get their platform built up and they want people talking about relevant issues pertaining to business and careers and the job market. And so I recorded a podcast making sense of the great resignation and I uploaded that and it's been pretty well received. June 17th, 2021 was that episode. Another popular one is the episode I recorded on American Trucking Simulator, if you can believe it. So I recorded this episode on June 3rd, 2021, where I'm talking about this game that my son Daniel had got me into, American Trucking Simulator. And this game is all about you being a truck driver. That's what it is. And so I'm looking over his shoulder and I'm curious at first, like that's kind of a weird premise for a game. And then I'm giving him advice and it's very realistic. And I'm like, well, hey, you should probably do this a little bit different. You should probably slow down here. You should probably speed up there. You should probably stay on the road. Don't crash into people on purpose, son. Stop at red lights. Hey, it's turning yellow. Start slowing down now. Things like that. And finally, I realized, you know what? Rather than me giving him this sort of backseat driver experience, 
over and over and over again. Maybe I should get a copy on my computer, try it out, play it. He can see me playing it, and then it'll be something we're doing together. I still need to play a co-op run with him. He's been getting after me the whole time we've been home on quarantine. He wants me to play a co-op run where we do a convoy caravan and drive together. He thinks that sounds like a lot of fun. And so I need to do that. But if you want to go back, if you haven't listened to it, I did an episode June 3rd on that. That was episode 135 of the podcast. Also, on May 18th, I did an episode titled Reservations Regarding Lead by Paul David Tripp. And this one, I've been talking quite a lot here lately with people I know about. And I have listened back over to this episode a number of times, trying to get a handle on did I communicate things as well as I could have? For one, am I right? Am I onto something? Because that's the most important thing. And what I mean is, if I communicated a whole lot of nonsense very, very well, that's not so good. That actually might be worse than if I communicated it poorly, but I was right. So if I had to trade, I would trade communicating it well for being correct. That said, the best of all possible worlds is being correct and also communicating the truth well and clearly and not saying anything in a way that's confusing or misleading. So in that episode, I talk about Paul David Tripp, this pastor of 30 years from Philadelphia, who has gone woke in recent years. 2018 was his coming out article, message, sermon. And he repents of having only preached a gospel of God's grace in Christ, but neglecting to preach a gospel of God's justice. And in context, he's talking about justice along the lines of social justice. This is of a piece with Vody Bauckham's book, Fault Lines. Paul David Tripp repented of having neglected the topic of systemic racism. And any way you slice it, however he came to this conclusion, it's erroneous. It's not true. It's not good that he's gone woke. Now, this is the dangerous, sketchy thing if we get into relying too much on celebrity pastors, popular Christian authors to do our thinking for us on social and political and theological issues. Even the Bereans with Paul and Barnabas didn't do that. And they were praised by the New Testament authors, which were writing scripture, who were writing scripture they were praised as being of a more noble sort because they searched the scriptures daily to see if what Paul and Barnabas were preaching was true. And far be it from us to think we're more noble still than the Bereans if we are not searching the scriptures to see whether the things Paul David Tripp, David Platt, 
Tim Keller and others are saying, they are not on the same level as the Apostle Paul and Barnabas just because they have a large following. They have big churches. They've been pastors for decades. Timothy, when Paul writes to Timothy, one of the famous things he tells him as a young man, and there's debate about how young exactly Timothy was, whether he was 16 or in his early 20s when he first came to Christ or when Paul first started taking him on missionary journeys. But anyway, slice it, he was a young man. He was much younger than Paul. And for whatever reason, Paul tells Timothy, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the example for all. Let no one despise you for your youth. I think the inverse of that is we shouldn't assume that somebody with 20 or 30 years or 40 years of ministry experience is necessarily correct, just like we shouldn't necessarily assume that someone who is young, who is in their 30s, their mid-30s, or younger, is incorrect. Most estimates put Timothy as overseer at the church in Ephesus in his early to mid-30s when Paul writes to him about qualifications for overseers and deacons, appointing faithful men, entrusting faithful men to teach others. Most people say he was in his early to mid-30s. And so if Paul says to Timothy, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the example, Far be it from us to say to young Christians, listen here, young whippersnapper, leave the thinking and the teaching and the reasoning and the searching the scriptures daily to see whether these things are so to men who are old enough to be your fathers. Leave it to older men who have tried and true ministries. They have a good track record for selling books for keeping people in pews in the church. Far be it from us to think that we are of a more noble sort yet than the Bereans. We should be searching the scriptures daily to see whether these things are so. And so that's what episode 121 is about. May 18th, 2021, whether I did it well or I did it poorly. The big idea is that I was reading this book in good faith by Paul David Tripp, and I had reservations about it. So I record a podcast where I say, I have reservations about lead by Paul David Tripp. And some people disagree with me, and that's okay. It's okay that they disagree with the conclusions I come to, the reservations that I have. They don't have those reservations about the book. That's okay. But if you're curious, if you didn't check it out yet, feel free to go back and listen to that episode. And by all means, if I went too far in saying, here's what I suspect is going on, this is what I think this is about, if I was assuming things, then let me know. 
if I was engaging in rampant, unjustified speculation, let me know. But I really don't think I was. Having listened back through that episode four times in recent weeks, I really don't think I was. I could be wrong, but I'm not going to assume. I'm not going to take the default position that I was wrong, particularly if I've double, triple, quadruple checked my work. Deductive reasoning, as with David Platt's church, McLean Bible Church, episode 175, July 27th. Deductive reasoning leads me to not look so so favorably, so very um, optimistically at the book lead. I think it has a lot of question marks. But that's pretty much the greatest hits of the past 100 episodes. There's others besides which have been doing well, and I'm going to keep on recording. I'm going to keep on trying to build and grow and get better and as a person, not just grow the podcast because it's a end unto itself, but it's an, a means to an end. This podcast is a means to an end for personal growth, sanctification, self-discipline. I really want it to be a means to an end to your personal growth and sanctification towards getting knowledge and not just knowledge and information and trivia, but getting understanding, getting wisdom. Because I personally don't listen to a lot of other folks who have podcasts, who have shows, who are writing and feel like they're saying what needs to be said. That's why I started doing this. I was looking around. I was looking for other people to be saying these sorts of things. And I didn't hear it. And some of the people who are engaged in the marketplace of ideas have more wisdom than others. And I listen to them. And then I think to myself, well, that's not quite it. Close, but no cigar. I need to say something here. I feel like Elihu in the book of Job. I'm a wine skin full of new wine about to burst. I'm going to have to vent in order to not burst. So just, again, to reiterate, episode 200, for all of you who have just recently started listening or you've listened all the way from the beginning, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your feedback. A number of you weigh in, hit me up. You tell me that you appreciate this podcast and that it's an encouragement to you, that it's very real, it's very authentic. If I'm wrong, I want to be honestly wrong and transparently wrong. And I want to show my work so that you can say, ah, okay, right here, right there. That's where you missed the one. Okay, well, let's revisit that. Or, no, I didn't. See, there it is. This is correct. It's correct. And you're not going to believe it as readily because not many people are looking at it this way. They're not putting these things together, but we have to, we have to be putting these things together. I believe in order to take every thought captive to Christ. So it's a messy business, but thank you again for being a part of it. And as always, thank you for listening. 
Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com. Thank you.